If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three, two, one. Do you know what I feel like doing? I feel like kicking back, relaxing, and getting comfy. Welcome to the Get Comfy Lowdown. I'm your host, Kalo, as always, here to give you the lowdown on all things New York Jet related. And before we get into today's pod, I'd like to say thank you to anybody and everybody who is liking and sharing this podcast with anybody and everybody you know. All right, so the season is over for the New York Jets. We missed the playoffs, and this season was one ride. And I start this podcast, we're going to run through some of the positives, uh, run through our final record, and kind of get into a forecast for the offseason. So our final record on the year was 7-10. and 10. Now, we ended this season with a six-game skid. You know, we won at that Chicago game. That was the game where Mike White finally stepped in. And, of course, we lose six straight. Now, that's no way to end the season. But before we get into the negatives, let's get into the positives. So, one positive for me is Garrett Wilson. He is a bona fide wide receiver one and finished the year with over 1,100 yards. I mean, in that Miami game alone, you've seen that at some point a switch was flipped and they just said, you know what? We're turning this into the Garrett Wilson show. We're going to try to force feed him the ball. And when he got the ball, he made plays. I mean, there was that one play, of course, it's notorious now, where he was surrounded by three defenders and still didn't get tackled. He just weaved and bobbed and did everything he possibly could. And he didn't get taken down until he stumbled himself. And going into next season with what I assume would be a competent quarterback, it's going to be really interesting to see how he develops alongside Elijah Moore and whoever else we decide to bring in. Maybe Corey Davis stays. I don't know. But another positive, Sauce Gardner finished the year as a top corner in the league. I know in a lot of the the Twitter comments section on posts regarding Sauce, you know, DPI, defensive pass interference, holds. I don't know. <laughs> there are some plays where he does get away with it, but it, it's a, it's an astounding thing where I think the whole year, and correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't give up more than 100 yards or, or just around that, I think, or something around those those uh, those numbers. But yeah, it's it's amazing to see. And going into the draft last year, everyone's like, you got to draft Kayvon Thibodeau. You're like, he, he's the guy. In Salah's defense, you need that defensive end, that interior D-line to be strong. They should go pass rusher. Why are they going corner? 
And taking that gamble there at number three or four for Sauce, it just it paid off in spades. He elevated this defense, him and DJ Reed. It, it's just amazing. Like He has the length of Cromartie, the ball skills, the man coverage like Revis. He's the best of those two. And it's just amazing to see such a young cornerstone in this league now for our franchise. It's finally paying off. And, you know, speaking of defensive tackles, Quinnen Williams had a phenomenal year, and he should be paid as such going into the offseason. I think Joe Douglas, Sala, they should get it done as soon as possible because this man proved this year he stepped up. And honestly, I'm going to give awards out at the end of this podcast, but uh, spoiler, the most improved player on this roster, you know, the past few years with Quinnen, it's always been he showed the flashes. Most of the time he's getting double coverage, but uh, he showed the flashes and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's decent. But he took this step up this year along the he had better stats. He had better stats than Aaron Donald this year. And that's something to say. Like, it's insane. Made the Pro Bowl. I'm really happy for him. Him and Sauce. But um, additions on defense. Like DJ Reed proved to be great. DJ Reed, it's that pickup alone, you know, him and Sauce, they I, they took our defense from a bottom two, bottom three defense. It's the number four ranked defense, I think number three, but uh, top five at least. It's insane. It is absolutely insane the turnaround. Of course, that's Salah's specialty, but to go from like literally worst to first is. Great in my eyes. Now, Brees Hall is looking like the back that we everyone thought he would be. And of course, he goes down in that Denver game. But apparently him, AVT, and Makai Becton are all looking to make the start of the season. So that's going to be really great to see a fully healthy Jets team. Of course, with Makai Becton, you don't really know what you're getting. I'm still out on this all until he actually steps in and plays a full season or even gets solid play. And there's a lot of people saying we should just cut bait with him. I don't think so. I think at the very least we take the flyer on him and he could be depth. You know, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Best case scenario. We got our right tackle in Makai draft, the left tackle and our O-line is suddenly better. Now, Like I said at the top of the pod, we ended the season on a six-game skid. Now, that is absolutely horrible. Such a a monumental crash for the Jets. I mean, you know, going into this season, midway through this season, everyone's like, it isn't the same old Jets. We're different. And I I bought into that. We did a mid-season pod here on the podcast, and I was all in. I, I was fully ready to admit the Jets finally made the leap. And then all of a sudden we win that Chicago game. We go against the coin flip, the coin prophecy, and everything goes downhill. Now let's get into the coaching scenarios. Now I don't think Salah is gone. I, I really don't. Everyone's saying Salah should be fired. The only way you fire Salah is if you get a Sean Payton, if you get a Harbaugh in the building. And even at that case, you know, if you get Sean Payton or stuff like that, it's scorched earth. They are getting rid of 
everybody on the staff and Sean Payton and Harbaugh are bringing in their own people and it's a totally different scheme. So there's that. Matt LaFleur did get fired. I think he was a scapegoat for this all. I think that's more of an example to be made. Of course, like he was thrust into the role of developing Zach Wilson and he wasn't up to snuff for it. It sucks, you know. It's going to be interesting to see who they replace him with, too, you know. And Salo, in his presser, said that they are willing to overhaul the offense. Totally different scheme, different look for the offense. So maybe guys like Elijah Moore, uh, maybe guys like Michael Carter, even the tight ends, you know, in Uzama and Conklin, even Ruckert, they get unlocked. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, there was a story that we would bring in like a senior offensive mind like Gary Kubiak or Frank Reich. I like Frank Reich as an offensive coordinator, but I'm going to get into a totally different tangent on that. Now, when it comes to Joe Douglas, he is safe. I And I personally will go on the record with saying that he is a good GM. Now... He has made a lot of good picks, especially in this past draft, but he has also made the additions like DJ Reed, Solomon Thomas. You know, there are people that he brought into this organization that really helped it grow, helped the team grow. And he has a knack for talent. And the only whiffs he's really taken are, and I'll just be harsh on this, Makai Becton, again, hasn't played a full season, let alone a few games in a row, so jury's still out, and Zach Wilson. Of course, you would argue those are the two top picks you need to nail, but picking a quarterback in this league is difficult. It's really a crapshoot at that point. So, uh, yeah, and of course, there were outstanding causes, but I'm not making excuses. Joe Douglas did whiff on those picks, so we shall see moving forward. Now, going into the offseason, our positions of need would be O-line, of course, safety, and QB. Now, let's get into the juicy topics of the QB rumors for the New York Jets. Derek Carr. I think I like him. There's too much inconsistent play there, but honestly, it's better than anything we've gotten as of late. Now, Jimmy G. He's injury prone, and could we, and honestly, could we count on him to complete a full season? That's my biggest turnoff for Jimmy G, but he's been to big games. Salah knows him well, but at the end of the day, we need a dependable quarterback because if we just had the quarterback, I think the Jets are still in the playoff hunt or they're in the playoffs now, but uh, yeah, we'd, we'd be in the playoffs. <laughs> if Jimmy G misses like six games and let's just say the quarterback room is Jimmy G, Mike White and Zach Wilson, are we going to be able to limp to the finish line and still make the playoffs? I honestly don't know. Now, the uh, the pipe dream of Lamar Jackson. Before we continue the show, I wanted to take a little time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. 
A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations. And the more freeing solution is to find the things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique. And what works for someone else might not really work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. And for me personally, that's huge. I know that I am not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I know that I'm not getting up at four in the morning to go work out. But by using Noom and having that little more of uh, flexibility and stability, it certainly helps with my journey here. Noom also makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and a practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and cognitive behavioral approaches that teach you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight loss users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that is Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe bl now you're gonna have to give up a haul like denver gave up for russell wilson and i honestly don't know if i want to give up all of that with his knee issues his injury past it's much like what i said with jimmy g but looking at the boom or bust ratio here that offense with a healthy Brees hall garrett wilson Elijah Moore, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm getting giddy thinking about that. But at the same time, too, Lamar himself hasn't finished a full season. And now with the Ravens, he has this knee issue. And they made the playoffs because of him. But now he's not there to finish the season. That worries me a lot. Now, there's been rumors about Aaron Rodgers, too. Do we really want to go back down that route of taking a Packers quarterback, an aging Packers quarterback? We did that with Brett Favre. I don't know. Jury's still out, but Aaron Rodgers on the Jets? Sure. Why not? I'm in on it. Now, a realistic outcome, I think it's either Carr or Jimmy G with Mike White and Zach Wilson backing him up. I do not see Joe Flacco returning. I think he retires, and that's all good and well. Now, let's get into the negatives. Let's rip this team apart because rightfully so, they deserve it. It really, like, it pains me to say that, but they do. Now, going down the stretch, losing six straight was tough. The losses to the Lions and the Vikings were close, and it was those back big, it was those back breaking plays, like that fourth down tight end touchdown in the Detroit game. The Buffalo game where CJ Mosley jumped the pile when everyone and their mother knew that they were not snapping the ball. I mean, it's insane. Like, I grant you, like, yes, those plays could have happened. And there was the Barrios drop touchdown that would have won us the game in Minnesota. But am I really depending on that? You know, it, it's just, it's those things that really, that that get me. Now, the games like Jacksonville and Seattle and Miami were all winnable games. Games they had to win to make the playoffs. But that team, the team that got off the bus, looked anemic and underprepared. And that falls on coaching. It seems as if this team just kind of lost everything, the juice. And they just looked lost out there, missing assignments. 
this vaunted Jets defense that I was talking about early on in the season that got us to seven wins looked like a shell of a unit. Yes, I get it. Injuries have a lot to do with it. You're losing Brees. You're losing AVT. Corey Davis missed a stretch. Now, there were other things that added up to this, but man, it looks bad. And this all falls on coaching, like I said, especially when you're looking at how Salah didn't use his timeouts in the Detroit game. Zach Wilson got us down the field, and once Garrett made that first catch, or I think it was Elijah Moore, you take a timeout. You had three of them or two. You had time. And Conklin made a uh, he made an interesting statement. It was, I think it was in the Miami game or the Seattle one where he was like, at some point, I feel as if teams just knew what we were going to do, like offensively. It is those things like that. Maybe that's why LaFleur was fired because it was just predictable. And of course, you're calling a running back draw. You run it up the gut on third and nine. Sure, some of that worked, but you don't bet on that. You don't. It it is astonishing to see the play calling, and that was one of the things that frustrated me. But the overall thing was how this team, in general, looked underprepared. Like the Seattle game. Of course, Mike White was playing that game with a broken rib, or a few of them at that. And he lofted up that first on that first drive. He lofted up that pass intercepted by Diggs. Like, yeah, he was playing hurt. And I think that that was just kind of like no pun intended, but a Hail Mary just to kind of see if that magic was still there to get us at least to the Miami game. But looking at how we didn't score a touchdown since the Chicago game. I mean, that is embarrassing. That is the whole point of football. And the Jaguars game, we were in the red zone. We got a fumble. Trevor Lawrence, first drive. Quinn and Williams came up big. And then Zach Wilson just got blindsided on the first play. No awareness. No nothing. It's sad. It really is. I can only hope whoever they bring in, whether it be a Cliff Kingsbury, whether it be a Gary Kubiak, Frank Reich. There's a few other names out there, but we'll do a whole separate podcast on that. But, man, we got to be prepared. We got to finish. We have to score. Greg Zerline was the only source of points for the remainder of the season. But um, as for awards for this team, before I really start getting hot and bothered here on the podcast, our MVP of the season, Quinnen Williams, he also goes for most improved. Now, biggest addition to the team, DJ Reed, without a doubt, and that's free agency. That's not the draft. Most disappointing, Zach Wilson. That speaks for itself. I don't have to go any further on that. And just a note on that, I really hope he pieces it together. I really do. I'm rooting for him, but man, he looked bad. He looked horrible. Now, um, rookie. Our, our most valuable rookie. It's hard to split it because you got Sauce, you got Garrett Wilson. I would even throw Brees in that because he was just a game changer. I think 
our record with him was like five and two record without him, like two and seven or something like that. So he made a difference. I'm going to throw it to sauce just because like he was asked to cover the top receivers to tight ends, everybody. And he stepped up to the task. Garrett Wilson too. I can't like this, this rookie class. I just love now underrated, most underrated player on the jets, Bryce Huff. I mean, you've seen when he got put into those games and the situations he did, he caused Josh Allen to fumble that one time. Got a lot of pressures on the quarterback. He needs to be played more. That's just the way I see it. Bryce Huff, you got to bring him back. And as for people I want to retain, Quincy Williams, I think, is a lock to retain. I like how he plays. He's hard hitting. He improved as well, like compared to last year. So, uh, yeah. But overall, in closing, this team had a monumental crash. It's upsetting to see. It really is, especially considering everything we had going into the season. Midway through the season, we really looked like that team. And hopefully adding in that quarterback, Woody Johnson said, he's not opposed to spending as much as it takes to get that quarterback, to get that position right. I sure hope so. But that about does it here for the Get Comfy Lowdown. We hope you guys enjoyed. This show goes live every Wednesday morning. We got the Get Comfy Game Break every Friday morning and the Get Comfy Podcast every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major listening platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, the Believe Network. I have been Kalo, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.